It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. All right, just very quickly, we can do this in a minute, uh, the developments that have happened uh, since they closed up the question and answer portion of it is Lamar Alexander, a Republican who will be uh, leaving uh, office, uh, has uh, said he does not want witnesses. That means at the minimum it's 50-50, so there will be no witnesses hmm. unless something extraordinary, uh, extraordinary happens, which is not expected. It's not expected that John Roberts would uh, would vote either way or put in a tie-breaking vote because... The tie means that there's no witnesses, so a decision has been made by it. Nothing is held up. It means, no, you right, don't, you don't right, get it. Right. And the feeling from both sides is Roberts wouldn't jump into this because it would be unprecedented to begin with uh, and probably cause a constitutional crisis. And, and, uh, and so, in all likelihood, that isn't going to happen. So we're done uh, with this portion of it. Yeah, we're, I mean, we're now they're going to meet at one o'clock today and they will have closing arguments and then they will vote on the witnesses. And then they will if the vote is for no witnesses, then they will uh, again go in and debate and they could be having a final vote. It The final vote may be 24 hours from right now. Yeah, they could right. go way into the early morning. It's it's being talked about before there's actually the final vote on it. Did they um did they put a time limit on the deliberations? I assumed eight hours. I don't know why I assumed yeah, that. I don't know. I, I don't I don't remember seeing uh, on the debate. Yes, questions was the, total sixteen hours. Right, deliberations but, could go on for uh, you know I don't know and, until the majority says it's done. Well, or, because once you're past the witness vote and it fails, then where's the deliberation? Yeah, deli- you're, you're talking about two or three people actually. But deliber- deliberations are in private. I know. The debate isn't so. It, it, the point is, is that why, uh, why would you, why would it take eight hours? If, because yeah. if you're beyond the witness point, all right, and you're Bernie Sanders and, and Elizabeth Warren, you're thinking, man, okay, uh, it's all done, but the crying here. So you want to move on with it. Now, I don't know. I don't know what the rule was or what he set aside for it. He could have set eight hours aside for deliberations and just said, um, we will now, you know, go into chambers or whatever. Uh, we will deliberate and we will meet back here for a vote at 9 p.m., 10 p.m., whatever. Well, the deliberations and the debate, both parties are in. I mean, they're in session. Well, um, here's but here's the point. Do they, well, they are, but it's in private. It's in private, yes. But, so the point is, is that you're not going to, it's going to be in likely in little groups. It's likely down to one group. Mansion, Jones, Collins, Romney, well, no, Murkowski. I, that will be that will be decided beforehand. Look, they're not going to have, they're, they're not trying to get votes. They're just debating each other. Right? I, I know. It's, but right. it is, right. it, it's senseless because it's, there's nothing there. And it may just, and, and, it, and that's my and, point, and it may is take, that you're you're only trying to convince right. a handful of people. It, it may it may take a very short period of time. Who knows? But remember, 
I don't know how long they have for for uh, closing arguments. And right. so that would really be the key. But if they start at 1 o'clock, uh, it goes pretty quick, and then they would have one vote, and then who knows what other Senate of uh, stalling tactics might take place just to keep it more in the news. Who knows? But as they're saying, it could go as late as early Saturday morning, very yeah. early into the wee hours is a quote that one senator that, that I had uh, had seen. So I guess we shall see. But uh, it's done. So we want to get to as many calls and comments from you on this, unless something extraordinary happens. It's we're, we're moving on to something else. Let's go to you. We go to Pete in New Haven, Connecticut. Pete, welcome. You're on Red Eye Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Hi. Good morning, guys. Um the word that comes to my mind is contemptible. Um, you know, I don't feel sorry for these people at all. Uh, how can anybody feel sorry for, you know, people who just insult your intelligence on a daily basis? Uh, Nancy Pelosi, you know, calling into question the, uh, the credibility of uh, the president's uh, lawyers is, is, is beyond contemptible. Uh, and she's just an insult. And this is coming from someone who, you know, represents San Francisco, no less. Yeah. Well, um, it, it, I think at the end of this, I, I don't know where the fallout is. Ultimately, we won't know until November 3rd. Uh, but there's no doubt right now the Democrats are hurting. They're hurting for a number of reasons. Um, Nancy is part of this. She opened the door to it. I do wonder this, though, and thank you for the call, Pete. I do wonder this, though. If if they hadn't opened the door to impeachment, if she hadn't done that, but they were still calling for impeachment, politically, what would it look like now? I think the damage is much worse after impeachment. But keep in mind, if it, not, if it had not happened, they'd be calling for it still today. Okay, here it goes. Uh, 1 p.m., the trial resumes. Right. Up to four hours of debate equally divided on the witnesses and documents question. Okay. A vote on the motion on whether to begin deliberations and votes on witnesses and documents. If that fails, uh, then a number of different motions are in in order. Uh, the trial could wrap up by the end of the day, Friday, or go on later. Hmm. So there you go. So if they don't uh, if, use that whole four hours... On the debate on witnesses, because I, I, I mean, at, at some point, it's just going to be, uh, we want them, no, we don't. We want them, no, we don't. <laughs> of course, I guess when you get into the minutia on the debates, it will be, all right, do we, how do we, how do we go about this? One for one, two for two, no list, no limit on either side, up or down, yay or nay. In other words, will they go with the plan B? Look, witnesses or no witnesses? And I guess that's where the debate will come in. But they're not going to win on the left. It's not going to happen. They don't have the votes. So, likely this time tomorrow, if not sometime Saturday, it's over. It's done. Just in time for the president to hold his 
right. to hold us to, and, yeah, to, in to Iowa. Hold it, yeah. Yeah. And Des Moines, I think. Yep. Yeah. Let's head back to. Uh, or uh, Quad Cities, one of the two. Let's head back to you. We go to Stephen in San Antonio. Stephen, welcome. You're on Rudd Radio. Welcome to the show. Hi. Uh, good morning. Thanks for taking my call. I was just wanting to uh, state the fact I've, I've heard Adam Schiff uh, constantly say that when. Uh, this is kind of my idea here. Okay. If I'm going to vote for a candidate for president of the United States, how can he claim that somehow it's cheating when I know the truth about a candidate? That's what he keeps coming up here and saying this thing, that Trump is somehow cheating in the election because he's telling, uh, supposing that it is the truth about a candidate for president. That ain't cheating, and I just don't know. I haven't heard anybody combat him on that statement that it's somehow cheating in the election. Well, I mean, I think I, I, I think that's been debated. Yeah, I think you know I, we 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 chat we talked about it, so, and others have talked about it. I mean, that topic has come up. That, right. Uh, you, number one, we address it, it when he you, said it. Yeah, you don't know. You you can't even make the claim it's cheating because you're asking for an investigation, and you have no idea how that will end up. It may end up totally exonerating the 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 that candidate, and then it found out that if you called for the investigation, then it could work against you. So. Calling for an investigating itself was neither a positive nor a negative. It's it's a search to get to the to the truth based on what that potential hmm. opposition candidate said publicly right. and the information that existed already in the mainstream media and the concern of Hunter Biden working for Burisma. And as we know, after that, the emails that were attained by John Solomon showing that the firm representing Burisma had contacted the State Department and wanted a meeting with the State Department so they'd back off on their pressure of the Ukrainian government to be investigating Burisma. And, oh, by the way, Hunter Biden is on the board of directors. Mm-hmm. So you look at it and it's like, okay, yeah, a potential political candidate can be investigated. Number one, the Obama administration did it against who? Donald Trump. But to ask for an investigation and say, hey, look into it. If you could look into it, that would be that would be cool because he's been bragging about it, which right. he was. Right. He was bragging about what he did. Mm-hmm. And now, as we know, people even like Jeffrey Tubin, we don't know what to do with the whole Biden thing. And there is concern inside the Democrat Party. Of course, there's concern. Well, there's a great deal of concern, I think, with the, with the Democrats right now. If you um, you look at the Politico article from Monday, that the party doesn't want Bernie to be the guy because they believe Bernie can't win. But if he is the guy, they don't want to attack him so hard. They don't want to work against him. Biden is a liability. The other day saying, I need a strong VP that's ready to be president at any moment because I'm an old guy. And when they (laughs) laughed in the room, he said, no, I'm being serious. (laughs) And then he challenged everybody in the room to a push-up contest. Oh, man, I'm telling you. But it is going when, to be when, because think about that. 
you look at who was it? Where was the stop recently? Oh, who was with him? Was it John Kerry that was with Biden? This goes back a few weeks. And they said, you know, the, John Kerry had a lot more energy on that stage than, than Biden did. Biden's just falling apart. By the time we get to November, he could be asleep completely. And I mean literally asleep. Sleepy Joe Biden. It, it, and that's, that's exactly what it is. And every time he responds to a question, it's as if he's angry. I mean, he wants to get in somebody's face if there's the slightest challenge or tone of a challenge in a question. And that's not going to hold, hold up very well. On the debate stage, that's not going to get the job done. That's not the old Joe Biden. Well, <clears throat> that's not the former Joe, Bi- Joe Biden. It is the old Joe Biden. Because the guy in the past, he could, again, be dismissive and then smile with his huge teeth. And that's how he won debates. Well, he can't do that anymore. He's not doing that. And Bernie is angry, too. Bernie just looks mad all the time. It, it, it's, it's very unappealing, very unappealing. So I think the party's in a mess. I don't know what they do going into the summer. I cannot wait to get to March 3rd, Super Tuesday. 866-90-RED-EYE. Starting and charging system-related issues are one of the most common causes of winter breakdowns. So when your batteries talk, it's important you listen. Knowing the warning signs that could indicate your electrical system needs attention can help you avoid getting stuck out in the cold this winter. Have your electrical system checked by a certified technician if your vehicle begins to shut down electrical loads like radios and cab lights while in operation. This is a surefire sign that you're experiencing low battery voltage and continuing to run on these conditions can lead to additional electrical systems shutting down. Stop into a TA truck service shop near you to have your batteries inspected by an ASE certified technician today. Our professional technicians can also perform a comprehensive electrical system check to help ensure your starting and charging systems are in tip-top shape to keep you rolling through winter. This maintenance tip is brought to you by TA Truck Service. More bays, more expertise, more solutions. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. He is Eric. I'm Gary. 866-90-RUD-EYE. So what I think should happen from the Republican side after this, after this is over, I think uh, that Lindsey Graham should come out. And number one, I think they should be extremely aggressive and come out and say, look, uh, the Democrats didn't want to call any, uh, you know, any witnesses for the president. They obviously, Mm -hmm. you know, that that was their case all along. But look, they're the ones who claim they had it. That they had a slam dunk case. They didn't have one. No, they we didn't. all know they didn't have one. It was a bogus impeachment to begin with. And look, if they want to go back and if they wish to, I think they should say this. If they want to go back and start this over again and subpoena witnesses and do it proper the first time, if they bring an impeachable offense to us, 
then we will look at it seriously. But right. this wasn't even serious. This wasn't even a. Uh, they, they were never serious about this, and and we knew it. And then what should come out afterwards is when they talk to Lindsey Graham, he should talk about the fact that we need to get to the bottom of whether there was an illegal leak. We need to get. We need to find out whether the inspector general of the uh, uh, intelligence agencies whether he was caught in a lie. Remember that. Mm-hmm. Don't forget about. Right. Don't forget about that. We need to find out the beginning. We need to find out Schiff's role. And the Senate Judiciary Committee is going to be investigating this. There are questions to be answered because this. Look, this impeachment trial is about impeaching the president of the United States. This is not an investigation into wrongdoing, but. That doesn't mean that that investigation into the wrongdoing should not be done by the Senate Judiciary Committee. Right. And that's what it gets to is, is that there there are real wrongdoings. Well, the president didn't do anything wrong, but there are wrongdoings within this entire chain of events. Well, if there is coordination, if Adam Schiff is continuing to lie about his association with the the the, the whistleblower and don't say, how dare you make that assumption? Well, we already know he lied once. Mm-hmm, right. We already know Schiff is a pathological liar when it comes to this president. Right. He lied about the president and the evidence that he had when it came to collusion. Yep. He out and outright lied to the American public for two years. He lied when he put together the Democrats' memo to counter the Republican memo on FISA abuse. He saw the same classified information as the Republicans did, and he lied about it. Yep. How do we know? The Inspector General's report. Right made that clear who was right and schiff lied about that he also lied about his office's association with the whistleblower so there's a pattern of lying the abuse of power that the senate judiciary should should investigate whether there is an abuse of power on adam Schiff's side that an abuse of power actually started all of this just like russia collusion there needs to be an investigation as to the origins of how this all started, irrespective of whether there is an impeachment trial or not. Well, and, and that's it. Um, and you will you can bet that that Lindsey Graham will be on that. He already promised to do that. I wonder what the attorney general is doing on it. But but you can bet because the White House knows they know who's responsible now for the leaks. They haven't said it, but you know that they know. So there's information out there that is very real and obtainable. And I would be very, very shocked if the attorney general isn't already on this. I believe the AG is on. The, remember, they were trying to raise funds for the whistleblower. Remember that? Yeah, right. And so there was there's an investigation into that. We know that. As to whether foreign sources gave to that. Right. Fund and the whole setting up uh, uh, of that. So that's one thing. But there's a ton of things. This should not end from the Republican side. They should be on the offense. They should be aggressive, just like we see them now on Russia collusion. Yep.
Phone lines are open. 1-866-907-3339. 866-90-RED-EYE. Yep. If you want to get in, we'd love to hear from you. Just reading here from the Federalist.com, Molly Hemingway's top eight reasons Trump already won impeachment. Number one, Trump didn't commit, did not commit an impeachable offense. (laughs) It's an obvious point, but the most important point. Right. Impeaching President Trump has been the stated goal of the resistance since his inauguration. The main effort towards impeachment was through the investigation of the false and dangerous theory of a treasonous collusion with Russia to steal the 2016 election. Even with the limitless special counsel appointed to achieve that end, the Russia collusion hoax ended with not a single American found to have colluded with Russia, not to mention anyone close to Trump or Trump himself. A many effort to get impeachment going on the special counsel's murky near findings that Trump had objected to strenuously to being falsely accused of treason, (laughs) also fell apart. Other impeachment efforts, uh, among uh, other things, mean tweets went nowhere. With time running out, the resistance cobbled together what was always a weak theory regarding a phone call with the Ukrainian president. At first, the alleged crime was a supposed campaign finance violation, Mm -hmm. then bribery, then extortion. It ended with two articles of impeachment, Neither an actual crime and one or more or less laughable claim that the president can't use the courts to defend his rights. Again, I'm really looking forward to see seeing what that vote is in the House. Can you imagine? You know, you're you're talking about a Diane Feinstein. She, yeah. I, I, right. will, she, will she vote yes on number one and no on number two? Does she want to go down in history? Claiming because you go down in history, then voting to impeach a president based on the fact that the you believe the president can't use the courts. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I will. Um. I'll I'll be um. Glued to that vote to see how many Democrats total. You know, Feinstein was um actually the other day she said she was misquoted. Or the miscons- her comments were misconstrued in an interview about how she was going to to vote and on witnesses. And she came back and she said, well, yeah, I, but that's not what I meant. I What I meant was, you know, she's trying to walk it back. But the vote on the second article, how many Democrats will go down? Because you, that's glued to you forever. That is glued to you saying essentially that that if a president is accused by the House, that he has no legal recourse. Right. That the courts are not the ones who settle the disputes between the legislature and the executive branch, which, of course, everyone knows is false, that they do settle those disputes. The other was a complicated argument regarding abuse of power that required not just hiding all exonerating evidence, but the worst possible construction on what remained. It was such a weak argument that not a single Republican in the House fell for it, and three Democrats declined to go along with their own party. The range of opinion outside the resistance about the phone call between world leaders ranges from it being, in Trump's word, perfect to merely good or fine to not good. 
resistance members tried to put forth the claim that the call was none of these things but impeachably bad. Even with the help of a compliant media, there is simply not enough consensus around this extreme viewpoint to justify even censure, much less bipartisan agreement towards impeachment, much less removal from the House. Trump's avoidance of a crime or any real break with public trust is the single biggest factor in his acquittal. Then they go on to the terrible decision-making by House Democrats. Mm. And she writes, uh, House Democrats surely had hoped that President Trump would do something justifying an impeachment inquiry. They undoubtedly were not pleased when the best that they had to work with was Trump asking for help investigating Ukraine's known 2016 election meddling or investigation into the Biden's family corruption in the Ukraine. So they started with a weak hand, but they failed to follow a good process. They didn't have the House authorize an impeachment inquiry until later on in the process. That decision made it unlikely that the many early subpoenas they sought would be deemed valid by a court of law if it was contested. They refused to have courts validate their subpoenas, refused to let the GOP call their own witnesses, suppressed information that was not helpful to their impeachment cause. Of the 78 days of impeachment proceedings, they denied the president any right to counsel or due process for 71 days of them. In general, the procedure was rushed and information that could have helped them seemed uh, uh, help them seem more credible was never sought or acquired. Mm. And that's true. Yep. They had the opportunity to do it the entire time. Yep. It was funny because I one debate I got in with an old friend that I didn't know was even more of a liberal, I guess. He said, well, they, they, they had to get it done because it would have been delayed. And I went, and? Well, they needed to get it done. And? They want to do it thoroughly or not? Why? And didn't have an answer. Yeah. Uh, and then they go, the, inexplic- the inexplicable one-month delay in sending impeachment to the Senate. The main argument in favor of impeaching Trump was that the situation, whatever it was supposed to be that day, was so dire that it required his immediate removal from office. The House Democrats couldn't afford to wait a matter of months until a new election would be held and Americans could decide whether the, quote, perfect phone call was in fact so bad that it required the first removal from office of an American president in history. Impeachment and removal had to happen immediately, they claimed. But then after voting to impeach the president, perhaps sensing the problems caused by a weak case and hoping for more information to come to light, Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi sat on the articles for a month. It killed whatever momentum the resistance had and made a mockery of the whole process. Number five, the defense team was amazing. Instead of turning things over to the effective Republicans who had handled impeachment so well in the House, they put together a powerhouse collection of of lawyers to do the arguing. Patrick Philbin, Trump's deputy general counsel, exemplified the defense team's deliberate choice to put in front of the senators someone who had an encyclopedia knowledge of the law and this particular case, someone not there to make a name for himself. Philbin's humble and bookish demeanor was neither bombastic nor flamboyant as he calmly explained the facts of the case and their significance. The other members of the team were also well-chosen 
to argue their points. Number six, the grading and juvenile house managers. Is that self-explanatory or do I have to go through that? Mm-hmm. Uh, seven, the Kavanaugh smear operations no longer work. That was every yeah, single day. Right. You know, as we see, I, I'm still thinking today that something may come out. Bolton is willing to do an interview. Yeah. Not over yet. Oh, yeah. Something's no, no, got to no, come no, out no. today. Yes, right? of course. Something has to come out today. Oh, yeah. And media malfeasance. The media always owned this impeachment process. Pelosi did her best to avoid impeachment, but the media all but forced her into it. They championed it every step of the way and provided help, including the blocking of arguments against it. For instance, although it's fairly standard to name whistleblowers and to do journalism, figuring out who the key players are, many in the media decided to help Democrats keep from having to answer questions about his role with the whistleblower. They steadfastly avoid looking into him and his motivations or how might that might have affected the entire proceedings. I think they mean, uh, she means the whistleblower, uh, the person who they claim the whistleblower is, and Adam Schiff. Hmm. So, uh, there you go. So, here we are. Well, and you saw the uh, the Bolton interview that he supports the witnesses that were in the House. What was it an interview? You know, he was doing a speech. Well, it was, Texas, it was a... Um, it was a well. It was interview a, after the. It was a yeah. It was the coverage actually. It was okay. There was a, a news station covering it there, okay. and that's a statement that he made. Um, so yeah, technically it was, and he said they were doing the right thing for their country essentially. What does that even mean? It what? means John Bolton is smoking crack yeah. <laughs> to sober up. <laughs> Tell me how they served their country. Tell me how Yovanovitch served her country in that capacity when she was testifying the way she was. Tell me how that served our country. Well, she uh, was able to explain to the American people how the Obama administration was not nearly as tough on Russia as Trump was. And how... <laughs> her insistence that they that Ukraine get the defense missiles they wanted was not fulfilled by the Obama administration, but yet was fulfilled by the guy that she's crying about. I guess you can make the point that they all helped the president's case. So if you're helping get to the truth, you I don't know if this is what Bolton meant. <laughs> well, here's the quote. All of them acted in the best interest of the country as they saw it, and consistent to what they thought our policies were. And so did the president. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So did the, I can make uh-huh. that argument. So did the president. Your point? That's my well, thing. The point there, is, every, is because when, too- you say, when, you, when you say it that way, what you're saying is their views were uh, were valid. After cross-examination, they were. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, they, no, their views were destroyed by cross-examination. Well, the, the cross-examination was the view, views came out where they talked, as I just mentioned here, where they mm-hmm. actually said Trump did those things and actually did a, a, a better job. And by cross-examination, we were mm-hmm. able to get to the truth. So their mm-hmm. testimony did help us get to the truth of the situation, which hurt. But the, that's not the, what the, Bolton was saying. That's my point. That was my point. That's yes. not what Bolton is. Uh, I, I I was saying you can make an argument for what they're saying is correct, but it's not what Bolton, I believe, is trying to say. Exactly. Yes.
my whole point. <laughs> Did they legalize crack inside the Beltway? I mean, I know there's probably a bad crack problem there. But is it a thing now? I, I it, it, The thing is, you really, sober human beings look at what we've been at the last four and a half, five months, people mm-hmm. that don't have, and, and I have to ask the question, should you be driving under Trump derangement syndrome? Mm-mm. Nope, not at all. Should there be a new charge driving while under TDS? Right. DWTDS. <laughs> because it's unbelievable. And that's the one thing of today. I'm almost the sigh of relief this thing's over because, and this is not a, well, okay, I guess it could be a, a, a technical reason. It's been so stupid. Right. Mm-hmm. This has been so incredibly stupid. You have had the third graders making an argument for the removal of a president based on nothing. You think Bolton felt okay speaking at that private event, knowing it was going to be covered, of course, by the media, the local media in Austin, knowing that it's likely now he's not going to be called? I think he's concerned probably with the upfront money he got for his book. Otherwise, you'd come forward. And if the only thing you cared about was the truth, there's nothing stopping him from doing it. You have to look at the money trail. If he truly is a, an American patriot and money doesn't matter, if getting to the truth is the only thing that matters and he has the evidence to defeat this president and it's already come out in the book what he claims Why won't he come forward? Hmm. What is the incentive not to come forward and do an interview? Yeah. There's nothing to stop him from doing it. Why isn't he doing it? Money. Mm -hmm. What's the other reason? The book sales. What does that mean? Money. He is the key, the Democrats claim, to this whole thing. He could do an interview whenever he wanted. Nobody can stop him from doing it. Why won't he do it? Now I wonder if the manuscript or the book is even going to happen. Based on the story that the NSC is saying, no, can't go out this way. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. Red Eye Radio, uh, he's Eric, I'm Gary. I'm just happy, that, uh, again, since Lamar Alexander, and we'll go over it again here next hour, uh, Lamar Alexander making it clear last night that uh, he will not vote for witnesses. That means they have their 50. And so yeah, we'll see what right. happens to the other three later on yeah. uh, uh, today. But they have their 50, and unless something odd of the ordinary happens, uh, we're done with the impeachment trial. Yeah, uh, it'll wrap certainly by Saturday at the latest, if not late Friday night.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Pilot Flying J Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 866-90-RED-EYE, RedEyeRadioShow.com. We stream live or Put our app on your phone and listen whenever you want. Good morning, Eric. How you doing? Not bad. Are you ready? I don't know. In the news yesterday... Assuming for the sake of argument that Ambassador Bolton would come and testify the way the New York Times article alleges, the way his book describes the conversation, then it is correct that even if that happened, even if he gave that testimony... The articles of impeachment still wouldn't rise to an impeachable offense. But if we hold that a president can defy all subpoenas, can tie up the Congress endlessly with bad faith claims of privilege, claiming here one thing, claiming in court something else, it will eviscerate our oversight power. The articles of impeachment do not allege a crime. They do not even allege a violation of law. They are purely partisan. They were opposed by Democrats in the House. It is in an election year. Today, you saw it, I hit my highest poll numbers since I got elected. (laughs) Because the American people, and frankly people all over the world, know it's a hoax. They understand it. They know it's a hoax. <laughs> he may be the first president after he's no longer president in like you know 2042 um to be able to go out and do rallies after he's no longer in office instead of doing speaking and, engagements and charge for them and charge for them instead of doing speaking engagements do that think about this if he wins a second term what will he be able to get for a speaking engagement Huh. Seriously. Yeah. No, that's a, that's a, wow. <laughs> it, it could be, well, on, you know, it on. goes and, off. It, it, it goes up with every president. It goes way up with every president. Bill Clinton's still getting like 50 bucks an hour. If, if you liked Ronald Reagan and you like Dice Clay, you get both. Exactly. Donald Trump live. Well, I mean, <laughs> It would be, that's exactly what it would be. You know, it's not going to be, I mean, he, look, he could speak in front of, um, he's done a, probably a million speaking engagements, but, and he can speak to business um, in any, in pretty much any industry, but certainly construction and development, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then beyond that, I mean, he pretty much knows in, in business and that's who's going to hire him. Uh, or, or those, those groups that, um, you know, th- those lobby groups, um, a think tank maybe here and there, but really <laughs> he should stick to the stadiums and just have rallies when he's no longer president. Well, and one of the reasons that he, that he could is there's, there's a difference between the, the celebrity presidency of, of, uh, uh, Obama and the celebrity presidency of, of President Trump. Obama's celebrity was based on hope and change. It's whatever you wanted it to be. You know, we talked about that. The 
the the genius of back then because we were there back then. That's where we were back then. Back then, a significant number of Americans just wanted to hear optimism and a promise that they could define any way that they could. Trump is in office because he specifically designed what, or excuse me, he specifically prescribed to the American public what was wrong. And now he's telling them what he's doing about it. Right. But even when it came to border security, which was the biggest one, he told Americans what was wrong and how to fix it Mm -hmm. in a variety of different ways. Which was which was huge. A lot of the other issues, as we said, one of the reasons that Trump became president is not because he articulated specifically on every issue what what the cure was. Hmm. It's just that he was identifying what the issues were that Americans were concerned with. And Democrats are out there saying, we're a country of racists and we're doomed by climate change. Yeah. Right. And people are like, yeah. what are you talking about? You know, what do you uh, how are you going to make the country better for me? And that's why he became president. So he has the ability to go out, I think. And uh, I I would be very surprised. I'm not surprised that Obama is not the superstar he, he was because it was based on nothing. Right. Trump is based, whether you agree with him or not, it doesn't matter. Trump and what he believes and what he promoted is all based on substance of making americans lives better now we know that if you say that that means you're hitler most americans would disagree with that right they probably would say well if you're actually as president believe that you should be considering uh the lives and the quality of life for americans first we're going to take a leap of faith here and say that probably does not make you hitler but it makes you somebody who cares about me first all right. Uh, so we there was some uh, the one website that we were on earlier uh, looking at some events coming up for the president this weekend uh, was confusing because it didn't separate rallies from political events. The two are different. So you do like phone banks. That's a political event. Rally is, of course, what you just heard. His next rally isn't scheduled until New Hampshire, February 10th. However, there's the rumor going around that he would do a. Uh, an, an impromptu rally maybe this weekend as a victory lap. I don't know if he's going to do that ahead of the State of the Union because they're probably going to work all weekend on State of the Union. That's a good point. And yeah. so, yeah. Um, but I would expect that actually <laughs> State of the Union will be his victory lap. Um, but so so the events that we were talking about earlier, uh, there's, and we were, I was thinking, because we looked at them and it didn't separate them it from political sense, yeah. from from rallies and he doesn't do that many rallies well and they were conflicting in, in, in other words they had them in two places at, at once those were all political events uh they are uh it's it like a pep rally without trump it's basically the campaign okay. locally working whether it's uh manning phone banks or uh getting together and having discussions on strategy and trying to get volunteers together uh, uh, with the boots on the ground, as it were, and that's those are huge, huge events, and there's a number of them that they've got going on this weekend in different parts of the country. Of course, focusing on Iowa uh, this weekend. There's a, there's a few of them in Iowa, uh, and then I'm guessing the president's team and the president will be working on State of the Union uh, because they're gonna, they're going to want to. They probably have a lot of it done, but well, they're going to want to update it with the uh, with the impeachment 
trial. If, if every if everything stays the same, because right now it's 50-50, which means there are no witnesses. Right. Uh, Lamar Alexander coming out with a statement uh, last night and stating that he would vote for no witnesses. Mm-hmm. Says, look, uh, I believe the Democrats made their case. Yeah. And their case is true because we know because of the transcript. <laughs> it's not impeachable. And the other one he just said that's good. Article 2 is just garbage. Mm-hmm. And so that's 50-50, which means the resolution doesn't pass. Nobody, Republicans or Democrats, believe that the, 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 the Justice Roberts is going to you know, involve himself in that at all because right. that would be viewed as, as, uh, as, as political, and, and uh, we hope so. Until it ends, though, until it ends, this has been going on for uh, since September. So Yeah, right. It is interesting, though, looking at these political five events. Five months, almost five yeah, months. Right. Looking at these political events, there are a- actually only a handful of states, and they're the ones where you need work. This is interesting just looking at the strategy. They include Iowa, okay, Michigan, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Arizona. These are these areas. Now, now according to Chris Matthews, we heard it uh, on yesterday's show, you played the audio where he said he has... Uh, no, actually, I think we, we you read the transcript. There was no audio from it, I think. And he was talking about Pennsylvania and how Republican uh, uh, voter rolls are, are just, the registration is going through the roof, right? Uh, and there's a lot right now on the line, especially when it comes to fracking, which is a huge issue in that state, of course. Uh, but then you get out to Arizona, and you've got to, I mean, both... Um, while McSally in the polls was actually trailing uh, the Democrat, I don't know. I'd have to go back to that poll, and I can't remember how recent it was. But she's, of course, fighting, you know, again for that seat. So, but you look at Georgia. Of course, Georgia's very important. Mm-hmm. But if you if you look at the numbers in terms of the demographics, that's something where the president has a great advantage. If the African-American support is anywhere close to what Rasmussen says at 42%. And the president's going to win some key states. And that's going to be, and I, I would say, in fact, the South, he's going to do very, very strong. Um, but, you you know, you get out to Arizona, you get to Michigan. Michigan is one that I haven't heard a lot of people talking about. I, I'd have to go back to the state polls, and, and I don't know what's available in terms of Trump versus anybody on the left, um, looking back to the vote on on Im- an impeachment again, uh, uh, Lamar Alexander that makes it fifty fifty. We don't know yet on on Collins. We don't know. Uh, well, excuse me. We we uh, do know that Collins wants witnesses. Uh, we don't know about Murkowski yet, or we don't know uh, about uh, Mitt Romney. Mm. So that's right. where we are here at at uh, this moment but still it makes it 50 50 what will happen is the impeachment proceedings continue this afternoon at 1 p.m there will can be up to there can be up to four hours of debate uh that goes on before there would be a vote on witnesses by the time you get through the breaks and by the time you get on to whatever debate or whatever process they follow to get to the actual vote on impeachment uh if the vote on witnesses goes 50 50 and that's it well, then they will start uh, the debate and deliberation on uh, the actual vote for impeachment. 
And that could be anywhere from late tonight to even very, very early tomorrow morning. So mm. that's the schedule that we're on uh, right now. And then, as you said, uh, really, it depends on the vote as to whether the you're, you're talking about the, the uh, you know, the rallies and the events and everything else. What the president's schedule may be is totally determined by that. If something changes and there is no indication that it will over the last couple of days from when the Hill first a couple of days ago pointed out that now they've uh, they believe they have the votes uh, unless something extraordinarily happens uh this thing is over and then the president probably would focus on the state of the union address for tuesday mm-hmm. if it doesn't end there is probably no state of the union i'm guessing it'll be i guess it'll be postponed indefinitely yeah it would have to be so that's where we are uh right now uh we had played there we we, we played some of the president's lawyers there in those audio cuts we played Adam Schiff with just the bizarre lunacy that he keeps promoting that uh, the uh, the president can't defy a subpoena from uh, from Congress. Mm-hmm. Of course he can. Yep. yep. Of course, absolutely can. Until it goes to the courts. If the yep. courts say that he must not defy it anymore, then if he defies it, then he's in trouble. But the same, right. uh, as Molly Hemingway said, this is a bunch of third graders there's I, I actually she said junior high students mm-hmm. i've gone down a few grades bunch of third graders arguing against supreme court lawyers and it looked that way and it was embarrassing at times it yeah it really was uh but you know you look at it um anybody who believes that that congress has the power over the executive branch that in that way to force him uh to force his hand and that he has no recourse in terms of challenging that that's insane. Remember a couple of years ago when you and I were arguing, I forgot what we were talking about, what the issue was. Mm. And at the same time, the poll came out that showed that over 70% of Americans could not name the three branches of government. Yeah, and we right. threw up our hands saying, why are yeah. we even dis- discussing the minutia of whatever we were discussing? Because if the majority of Americans cannot identify the three branches of government, they don't even know how our government works or why it works the way that they do. We have finally gotten to the point where Democrats are pounding on a concept that is completely foreign to the three branches of government, defies everything in the Constitution when it comes to the three branches of government. And they've been pushing it now for months. Why? Because they understand that Americans are clueless. Yep. They don't know how the government works. Look, we can sell it because they don't understand the three branches of government. They don't understand the separation of powers. Let's play on that. Just keep telling them we're the ones in charge and the president has no power. And if we lie enough, well, we're not really lying. We're just saying the president can't defy a subpoena. We're not specifically saying what subpoena. Mm -hmm. We're just being generalized. And look, the people that vote for us are idiots. They'll buy into anything. Mm -hmm. And that's where we are. Yeah, it is insanity. Uh, at, at it's it's not it, it's at, the Democrats have relied on that though that factor that uh, they believe Americans are stupid, ignorant, the willfully ignorant for ages. Why wouldn't they push through impeachment in the same way? Yeah. Right? But no, Think why about is it that. surprising? Right? And that's exactly what they're doing. Or tried to do. Yes, <laughs> I forgot what and day it failed. is today tried to do and as far as we know if everything holds failed to do mm-hmm. well they're going to fail to yeah they're not going to remove them from office so. no 
It's just a win. And the witnessing still has a plan B. Yeah. And right. we'll get to that in just a moment here. 866-90-RED-EYE. Since early December, U.S. Forest Service ground crews have supported Australia's efforts to control massive wildfire activity there. And as Shauna Legarza of the Forest Service notes, firefighters will remain in support in the land down under as long as they are needed. It's all dependent on so many things over there. How are they recovering? How are their people? Are they getting enough staff? Do they need more? We're kind of the replacement backdrops to help on that. So we're here to help as long as they need their help from us. To date, almost 40 million acres have been consumed by wildfire in Australia since June, fueled by a long-term drought in that nation. And Lagarza adds, their peak burning of their fire years about right now until mid-March, they're right in the heat of it. Lagarza recently returned from two weeks of duty in Australia, observing firsthand the devastation caused by fire. There was miles and miles and miles of black line where fire had burnt. Really sad scenes of massive amounts of dead cattle, sheep, kangaroos, koalas, devastation with communities. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. The USDA report is brought to you by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Highway Diesel Fuel. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Curley, and I'm Gary McNamara. It's starting already. From yeah. the media. Okay. Ready for this? What do we got? Uh, America's tuning out impeachment because, this is NBC politics, America's tuning out impeachment because no one's made us care. <laughs> You're supposed to make us care. We're smart, not like everybody <laughs> says. Trump's impeachment trial is being tuned out by America because no one thinks it matters because politics is all about what we get and not and and plus we all believe that everything is corrupt so we're just not paying attention. They're all corrupt. That's not true. Impeach everybody. In fact, we'll tell you why many <laughs> Americans probably don't care coming up and of course, we will be correct. Yes, we will be. We'll be accurate. Here's your forecast. Some problem areas this morning from central Texas and through Dallas, portions of Oklahoma, could see some sleet as some precip falls through the mid-levels of the atmosphere and chills up before it hits the surface. That would be the sleet. Now, freezing rain, on the other hand, would be very cold conditions at the surface, with rain falling and then freezing on contact. We don't have that condition. Later today, Dallas will warm up to 56 under cloudy skies. We could see some icing develop for the the Plain States of North and South Dakota and into northern Nebraska, where a low-pressure system is pulling some cold air out of Canada and a little bit of moisture from the south. Then one other area for heavy rain and potential snow includes upstate Washington in the Cascades, pushing its way over into Idaho. The rest of the country under generally clear skies today. And there's your national forecast from Red Eye Radio. I'm meteorologist John Trout.
Bonan Show. It's Friday Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. For those just uh, tuning in, and you may just be, uh, you know, waking up and stuff moves so quickly. But Lamar Alexander putting out a statement yesterday, Senator Alexander, stating that he would not vote for witnesses. Uh, and so uh, it's a, it's at 50-50 right now, which means there will be no witnesses. And in all likelihood, unless something drastically changes today, which nobody expects it to, uh, this thing is uh, this thing is over, and we move on. Uh, we have asked, and you know, how will the media, how will the mainstream media respond to this? They've been pushing this for the longest time. We asked, you know, will Adam Schiff be held responsible? Will they look at this and say, "My, what a horrible presentation! You guys got smoked." Right. I expect that to happen because you've seen it when Chris Matthews starts saying, "Okay, Trump's winning and Trump's winning," when the first two hours. Uh, uh, I forgot the uh, when Jeffrey Tubin comes out yeah. and says Trump's running. I mean, it changed in a matter of like that as soon as there was cross examination, as yeah. soon as there was yeah. cross examination yeah. of the evidence that existed, and 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 the the witnesses, even in the House impeachment inquiry, when they brought the witnesses in cross examination, their case fell flat, and they just kept moving forward with it. These people understand. You and I have said this. They're lying to you. Mm. You know, Chris Matthews now, and, you know, the other day, well, you know, Trump's uh, doing good. Trump will be winning re-election. You know, Trump's winning now. Uh, Jeffrey Tubin stating it. You saw, you know, John King on CNN coming out and, and saying, well, you know, really, they do have a uh, they do have a reason to talk to the whistleblower because right. it, it is what started this whole thing. Yeah. And the defense actually has a right to face their accuser. Now that they know they're losing it, all of a sudden they're starting to rediscover reality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, but, you know, I think you uh, you look at this and you and I were talking about the witness vote. Uh, you made the point during the break. No one's going to remember the witness vote once you get beyond when when you get to the major vote on removal. It's uh, on acquittal. It is it's it, you get beyond this and that's all people are going to remember. You know, the uh, the NBC story. Yeah, we'll <laughs> get to that in a moment. Nobody's yeah. making us because nobody made us care. Well, fact of the matter is there was nothing compelling there to begin with. Nothing compelling at all because if it were if if there were a clear wrongdoing, some kind of a impeachable offense by the president, it would it would be of great concern. I think you were the first going back to December. You said, look at the stock market. Now, the stock market has had some, a couple of down days here in, in, in recent days. That has nothing to do with impeachment or the impeachment trial. It has to do with uh, uh, trade and, and what Europe is going through, uh, the Brexit. Cor- the coronavirus. Uh, the coronavirus. How, how that uh, the, might affect the, China's the travel. Yep. Exactly. Yep. The travel. Uh, what, what could be held up as a matter of the quarantines and everything else. So... If we were a nation in crisis, if there were something compelling there, a real impeachable offense, this would be like Nixon. People um, would be glued. Americans aren't paying attention because Americans know the case. Yes. We've it's known very simple. We we've we've known the case since they brought it up in September. We've known the case as soon as Trump released the transcript. 
It didn't it didn't take much to figure it out. Everybody knows when they came out with the second article of impeachment that that was complete and total desperation. Yeah, it's very, very easy. This isn't hard. And so by the time we got to the actual trial. People had already made up their mind. And as you and I said, the the thing that we were looking forward to in this whole case, because we've heard from Ship, we've heard from Nadler over and over again for five yep. and a half months. We know yep. where they're going. They didn't change anything nope. in their prosecution. So been there, done that. We had no idea. What we were interested in is how will the president defend it? You know, you and I had asked, and as we now know, none of the House representatives that were brought up, uh, aboard uh, uh, you know, on the team ever made a presentation. Mm. They stuck to all the lawyers. That was a great strategy. Unknown, unknown lawyers, maybe except for uh, Jay, um, but I'm sure most people don't re- you know rem- remember him from the 700 Club, right? Uh, secular, yeah, mm-hmm. secular, right? But we we um, and they put on a legal presentation. Uh, by the way, they probably made a lot of people, especially Trump supporters, say, "Hey." All lawyers aren't bad. Next time I hear that lawyer joke, I'm going to say, well, not all of them. <laughs> or, the, <laughs> right. or, or the lawyer that you have. <laughs> right, exactly. Um, but people weren't, I, I can break it down into an, uh, just off the top of my head. Because I'm, I'm looking at this here and that the J-Lot uh, uh, article that just came out, NBC News, mm. uh, just came out here in the last uh, hour or so. 3.50 a.m. is when it was released. Right. NBC Politics, Jeremy Lott, America's tuning out impeachment because no one's made us care. That's right. Uh, the, the reason <laughs> is we knew, we knew what the outcome was going to be because we knew that it wasn't a serious impeachment. Right. We knew that exactly. the charges were bogus. Yes. The stock market, and he mentions it, the stock market wasn't affected because the stock market knew it was bogus and knew that Republicans were going to stick together. Yeah. And so that's why nothing was affected by it. But there's probably a number of groups out there, and they were affected by it in some way. Let's go to the left. The left that has been screaming impeachment from the very, very beginning, that portion of the far left, which is a significant portion of the Democrat Party. They felt burned. They're, yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're angry. They were angry at Gerald Nadler. They were, they were angry at Mueller. They were, ang- they were, uh, you know, now they look at, at, at Comey and they're saying, uh-oh. Now they look at everything falling apart there and they were searching for something. And so when this first came out, when were the Democrats most excited? When we had a lack of knowledge, when we were ignorant. There's a promise, there's a promise, there's a promise. As soon as the transcript came out, it was over. Yep. Done. For all intents and purposes, it was over at that point. And all you had then was, well, this witness is going to say this, and this witness is going to say that. And I think the peak of probably a Democrat hysteria and anticipation of success, was it uh, Was it the day that uh, it was Sunland says that there was a quid pro quo? Right, yes. And then it turned out that, in the that, t- that, that actually he sat down with the president and... The president right. actually said no quid pro quo. So I, I think that was a level to to the raising when that first came out. And it was like, well, I thought second, third hand, would whatever. Yeah. It was a presumption. And after that, everything was going downhill. Everything was, okay, we need to keep moving forward no matter what. Uh, Eric and I noted that it was at at the end of, you know, Sunland, which was the end of really the, the, the house, 
and their impeachment inquiry, once we got to the middle of November, almost our phone calls, our communication from Democrats died. There was nothing. There was ab. Nobody was trying to make a defense. And we've had a few stragglers that have called in and said, well, basically, the president is guilty unless uh, he can prove his innocence. You know, following the narrative of the Democrat. And that was like, okay, fine. Nice talking to you. I mean, nowhere to go on that. You're guilty until proven innocent. If that's where you're going, you're not going to win that in the arena of public ideas. So that's really one of them. The other one is probably Democrats out there that realize Man, you guys, we blew it with the Mueller investigation everywhere that it's going. And as soon as this came out and they saw it, they went, they were turned off immediately and said, you really don't have anything. You know, you're really going to go with this case. We're going to end up a failure again, flat on our face again. And the American people are going to look at this and say, you're just after this president no matter what. And then you have independents that never bought into it from day one. And then you have Republicans who are extremely interested in what is going on here, very well versed in what happened in Russia collusion, very well versed in the uh, Durham investigation and what's going on there, and immediately said, well, this doesn't make sense. These dots aren't connected here. Wait a minute. The Bidens. Oh, and that's the other thing with Democrats, that that, that there were some Democrats out there that looked at this and they could see the slow turn towards the Bidens, just like there was a slow turn in Russia collusion where it was all Trump, Trump, Trump. And then if we found out more information, every day we got more information, every day that we were less ignorant, things weren't being focused on Trump. It was being focused on the people and the law enforcement that was accusing Trump of doing something. And those in the investigative branch that were actually very, very suspicious at that time of wrongdoing. And now we know they were the ones involved in the wrongdoing. And the pattern here is amazing how it's going. So a lot of Democrats even noticed that over the last couple of months. And by the time we got to the trial, they're like, we're out. Yeah. You guys, right. you guys got nothing. Right. And then you have the Republicans and Trump supporters and a number of other uh, 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 people out there that, you know, other Republicans that don't, you know, don't hate Trump or are willing to look and say, OK, he does some good things, some bad things. And he'll get my vote because those people are insane over there. There's a variety of different people in the Republican Party. As we all know, that mm-hmm. that's, that more support the Republican Party than the Democrat Party. Sure. But most of them knew what was going on, and they knew the constitutional issues here. So it wasn't that all of a sudden America doesn't care because nobody told us to care. They sort of figured things out and went, mm, nah, there's nothing there. There's nothing there. Nothing there's there. nothing compelling. If there were, again, this would be Nixon. If there were something impeachable, this would have been Nixon. Maybe not to that extent, simply because so much of the chatter happens on social media and and the attention to it would be probably spread out not like it was uh back then when it was kind of concentrated on network television but you could figure it out there yes. was a there was a break into a democrat headquarters that yep. was the crime yep. uh obstruction of justice you could you could have go point by point by point by point you could never do that here and even in clinton you could point out this was the crime here was the obstruction you couldn't do it here. Right. And Americans looked at it and said, you're going to remove a president. You better you better have your ducks in a row. Otherwise, there's going to be a backlash to it or or people just won't pay attention. Your own party won't pay attention to it. And that's the reality of what happened. As to witnesses, yeah, we you and I talked about that just a, a brief bit. Uh, when it comes down to it, you know, Collins is we still can go to plan B and plan B is, OK, both sides call witnesses. That's where Collins stands right now which means we're never going to get to that point. Democrats don't want to get to that point. No. So no. it's over. 
Yeah. You know, it's it's, it's, and nobody's going to remember the witness vote come November 3rd. All they're going to remember is who voted for impeachment and who voted against impeachment. Yeah. Um, uh, it'll be interesting watching it and, and also watching the vote on the, the second, um, uh, article. And yes. that yeah. is going to be very interesting to see where some of the Democrats fall on that. Because they made, you know, they made such a strong case. Well, I'm sorry. They tried. Made it sound like they made <laughs> such a strong case. You got to be careful here. They made it sound like they made such a strong case, right? Like, like, no, we've proven it. We've proven it. Let's see where it goes on that vote on that second article. That will tell a lot. Here's my question. If you have a number of Democrats voting no on that second article, how much power does Adam Schiff have left? I mean, it'll Wait, be it'll look. be limited anyway if the, if the if the Republicans take the House back in the fall. But I wonder in the party how much power he will have if that just the one fails. We always said that was such an incredible act of desperation. It was. 86690 Red Eye. Drivers, our friends at PACCAR have a product for your toolbox called PackLink. It provides real time information about what's going on with your truck. Michelle Moline is manager of product development for PackLink and has more details. PackLink is basically a mobile diagnostic device that has a Bluetooth chip in it that allows you to use your phone to read why the check engine light is on in your truck. One of our biggest users is actually our own dealerships at Packar. Now our dealers are also reselling this product to customers and customers, owner operators or fleet drivers, use this while they're on the road so that if they have a check engine light that comes on, they can easily just use their phone to plug this thing in and see what's going on and then either send a report back to their dispatcher to await further instructions or in the case of an owner operator possibly even just figure out what needs to be done and go from there it's a very simple ordering process go to hackr.com slash packlink p-a-c-l-i-n-k i should mention too that if you're a member of ooiba association you receive a 10 percent discount by logging into the ooiba website this report is a service of shell rotella coming up more with gary mcnamara and eric harley it's Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Gary McNamara. I'm Eric Harley. Gary bugged out a little bit early so he could make sure that he could get to the airport on time. Heading out to see his folks for the weekend. In New York, but uh, we'll be watching, of course, uh, all of it happening today, starting again at 1 p.m. Eastern. And it's a, there's a very good chance. In fact, I would if I'm, I'm I, if I were a betting man and I am, I would put dollar to donuts that were done late tonight, because I'm guessing that once they get beyond the witness vote, they're going to want to uh, once they get into deliberations and everything else, closing arguments will start and then they'll get into deliberations and then they'll get on to the uh, witness vote, and then they'll want to get on to the big vote, which I think will come out probably 55-45. And we'll see if that is uh, accurate. But uh, by the time we're back here on Monday, this is all going to be over. And we will be back Sunday night, Monday morning, a preview of the State of the Union. We'll look into what might happen in the Iowa caucuses with some latest polls. Iowa caucuses are Monday night. Have a great weekend.
This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One.